Exceeding Expectations, Episode One Hundred. A large percentage that realize, you know, this is the time to invest in customer experience.、Uh, that it's 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 the one thing that insulates you、uh, during any economy.、Um, it, it, it's the best、uh, thing you can have, and so you know we, we've actually gotten really busy with that. But but the most important thing was was you know how we treat our customers and employees. During these times, will be how they treat us in the future. That was the voice of John DeJulius, who is the guest on this week's show. And for those of you who've been listening to the show for a while, you may remember his name. He was the guest on episode fourteen, and that was by far the most downloaded episode of this podcast. And so, because of that. And this being the last episode, episode 100, I asked John if he would do me the honour of coming back on once again, and he kindly obliged. And so we're going to hear a bit more from John in a minute. And as I mentioned just now, this is the last episode of Exceeding Expectations. Next week, I start a brand new show, and you'll find out a little bit more about that during the show and at the end. But right now, it is time for John DeJulius. Exceeding expectations, and my guest today for the second time is John DeJulius. How are you, John? I'm doing fantastic, Tony. How are you? I'm very well. And we were speaking just now before we started recording. And for the listeners, the reason why John is back on a second time this, as you know, is the 100th episode, and this、Woo-hoo! is actually the last. It's the last episode of Exceeding Expectations. But of all of the previous ninety-nine episodes, by far the most downloaded episode was episode. I think it was seventeen. No, sorry, it's episode fourteen, where John the Julius was the the guest. So, hence, I asked John, would he do me the honor of coming back on? That's and- very cool. It's quite an honor because I, I, I was just looking at、uh, your guests, and you've had some, you know, great, great. Uh, guest to interview, so that that's really a good honor, and it probably helped that I downloaded it a hundred times myself. <laughs> no, I mean I know so many people said to me they really enjoyed some of the、uh, the nuggets that you shared in that last episode. So, but we, and since the, so that was that went out in Christmas two thousand eighteen. So, what have you been up to since then, John? Um, you know, I, I wrote a new book that came out、uh, a few months ago called the The Relationship Economy, and、mm-hmm. up until you know the beginning of the year was was running around all over the globe,、uh, consulting and speaking and customer service and raising my three boys, and now uh, since uh, March, uh, been you know adjusting to the new normal and finding the gift personally and professionally. In all of this,、uh, doing some key things in in our businesses, pivoting、um, that were much needed,、uh, you know, and 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 this this、uh, quarantine and and break gave us the opportunity to to do things that you know, quite frankly, we should have done years ago, but we were just too busy to do it.、Mm-hmm. So so really excited about that, and、um, you know, taking advantage of not traveling、um, and. You know, creating more content, having uh, cooking uh, dinner every night, and, and spending quality time、uh, with my boys. So,、uh, and, and, and you know, I'm, I'm I'm someone that's probably a little odd. I like a recession,、uh, 
Um, and it's not that my companies do better in a recession, but mm-hmm. I believe my competition does worse. And mm-hmm. I always say a recession is like a business enema and it does a, a cleansing of, of businesses that shouldn't be around giving us all a bad name. So um, I think there's a lot of advantages to a recession uh, if you're positioned right and you've been doing the right things. I think you can really capitalize um, on, on you know, disrupting yourself. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it seems a lot of businesses do, when there is any kind of recession, they do panic and you know, everything is doom and gloom and so on. So you clearly have a very different attitude and approach to, to it all. So what, what would you say is different about how you go about it? You know, I, 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 for some reason I'm at my best when, you know, myself or our companies are faced with, you know, what appears to be insurmountable, um, you know, obstacles. And I, I become more focused and more, uh, you know, um, energized. And I, I just really do a good job, which almost makes me concerned that, you know, Maybe I'm not so good when, when things are going well. <laughs> I, I like when, when, you know, shit hits the fan. I, you know, I just, I, 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 things slow down for me. I, I'm able to think more clearly, pivot. Um, and, and we've just like, you know, so, so, so from a standpoint that, that maybe a best practice, what we did is, is we immediately, you know, got together as a team and, and, and we made three columns on, on the whiteboard and, and well, uh, the virtual whiteboard. And, and the one column, the first column was, all right, what do we need to still do that's critical to our business? So, you know, you can relate to this as a speaker and consultant. That means still write, still, you know, do vlogs, still do videos, still do podcasts, still produce content, all those things that that's critical. We, 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 you know, that's, we absolutely cannot get away from that. Then the, then, then the second column is what can we do now that we can sell now that, that, you know, we can keep the lights on and that we can keep people on, on employed and, you know, you know, anything from, you know, inventory to virtual to, you know, if, if you want to buy my, my three boys, I, you know, I, if, for the right price, I'll sell them. And then the third column was what can we do now that we can sell later? And, and that's the, the most exciting um, to me is, is, is the reinventing. And in typical times, we have that list. But we're just so busy with demand that we can't really get to it. And we keep on pushing off, pushing off, knowing farewell that, that, that if we don't do that, we're not going to evolve and grow and, and scale. So that's what I, it was, was really exciting was during this time, we were able to really jump in and, you know, dedicate so much of our, you know, what became free time that we don't ordinarily have. And, and worked on, you know, new business uh, products and services and even a brand that I think is, 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 is going to, you know, be, is going to make us stronger coming out of 2020, uh, but definitely make 2021 and the next, you know, five to 10 years dramatically better than had we not had this quarantine and, and break and all those things. Wow. 
And and how have your customers been reacting to all what's been going on in the last few months? Like everyone, right? You know, at, at first everyone was scared, um, very nervous. Uh, and then we, we, you know, there's always, um, you know, I don't know what percentage, 10 to 20% of businesses that are doing better, right? You know, mm. from grocery stores to, you know, the, the you know, uh, soap dispensers. Uh, to you know the necessity businesses mortgage companies because the interest rates have dropped so you know those types of clients have uh, you know increased and then there's there's uh, there's other consulting clients that needed to put a, put us on hold which we totally appreciated and then there's there's uh, um, you know a large percentage that realized you know this is the time to invest in customer experience uh, that mm. it's 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 the one thing that insulates you. Uh, during any economy, um, it, it, it's the best uh, thing you can have, and so you know we, we've actually gotten really busy with that. But but the most important thing was was you know how we treat our customers and employees during these mm-hmm. times will be how they treat us in the future. Mm-hmm. And you know as you probably saw, there were so many uh, companies that that did knee jerk reactions and. We're forcing people to oblige by their contracts or all these mm. things and kind of drawing a line in the sand. And, and now's not the time. Um, now's the time. Uh, a generosity uh, and empathy is, is what everyone needs. And, and, mm. and the, the companies that showed that, um, I think, have really won um, the hearts and emotional equity of both their customers. Well, all three, but customers, community, and employees. Mm. I, mean, I remember when we spoke last time, you, one of the big projects you were working on at the time was the Qatar World Cup. So how has that been affected much But you know, what you're doing for them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They totally, uh, uh, you know, had to go with someone local, um, you know, in their country because of uh, what's going on. And, 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 and we, quite frankly, didn't want to, they, they didn't want to do it virtually. They wanted someone, you know, boots on the ground and we understood that and we didn't. Um, you know, want to be traveling uh, across the country during this right now. So they, they may come back, you know, in, in, in the near future if, if things get better. But, but no, that, that totally, uh, that, that, that's, that's a project that, that had to go away for understandable reasons. Hmm. Um, I saw, I was watching, um, uh, I think it was a conference that you were speaking at, and I can't remember which one it was, but, I mean, so one of the things that you were talking about was how some of the top people in some of companies like sort of Steve Jobs and um, Bezos and so on being obsessed with customer experience. I thought I'd, I'd like to, to hear you talk about your thoughts on that. Yeah, you know, when we talk about customer experience, it starts at the top. And and if if you talk about the, you know, nationally or world known brands that are known from for customer service everyone from richard branson virgin virgin airlines disney uh the ritz carlton zappos amazon you know you, you name it um um starbucks you can tell why because the, the, you know the person that started their company or is running their company currently you know jeff bezos richard branson walt disney howard schultz tony shay I mean, the list goes on. They are obsessed. Steve Jobs. They, they, they are or were obsessed about the customer experience, and 
they uh, were meticulous that no matter what topic they might be talking about new product launch or sales or you know operations they always brought it back to how will that affect the customer experience and let's look at it from the customer experience and think from their eyes not our eyes and mm-hmm. you could just see that's the one thing they all have in common and if it you know i otherwise it's flavor of the month program of the year management by bestseller if the um, companies want to improve in customer experience. That's one of our filters that when, when someone calls us, um, we successfully talk probably a third out of, you know, doing business with us because, you know, we can't even get the CEO on the line and, 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 and you know, in the, in the uh, discovery of, 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 of talking if, if we should, if we're the right fit. And, and if, you know, if we can't, if we can't find that there's buy-in um, from the top, and and that's not just writing a check, right? That's that's you know giving all the resources, um, you know, brain power, bandwidth, all those things to the project. It's not going to be a successful project, and and quite frankly, it's going to be a poor investment on their end. And then we're going to mm-hmm. look bad, and and mm-hmm. we don't want to look bad. And so, do you think? I mean, I don't know if this is. It sounds like something that you've done some research on or whatever. Are do are most of the sort of bigger companies very customer service driven? I I, I wouldn't say most of the bigger companies. No, I I think it's it, it might be the same percentage, small, medium, large, a very low percentage. Um, our, our customer experience focus obsessed, whatever you want to call it. Um, they build their, their company around uh, the customer uh, experience and, 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 and the culture. Uh, but I, I don't see it, uh, you know, any more in big companies as I do in small companies. Um, I think it's still the same percentage. Now, the big companies have, have more resources to throw at it, but, but that doesn't mean they do. Um, the fastest growing position in, in corporate America is uh, the, the chief experience officer. The last 10 years, the chief marketing officer position has gone down in, in, in large companies. And and their and the chief uh, experience officer, the CXO, is is uh, is growing. So I do like that trend. Hmm. And how was there? You know, who, who was it that started that that trend? Do you know? I don't know. It's 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 been you know gaining momentum slowly for probably the last fifteen years, but really gaining traction the last seven years. And, um, you know, to the point that we have a, a customer experience executive academy for that type of position, because, you know, at least in the U.S., there's there's no there's no degrees in customer experience. Well, there's a, a degree in marketing and accounting and and operations and finance and everything else. But but there's no degree. I, I don't even know of a class that's offered in customer experience. So um, there was a, there was a, a, a huge void that, you know, people want and need customer experience officers, but they didn't have, um, you know, the, the formal education. So, so that's where we offer uh, both a, a physical and, and an online. And so what sort of things, I mean, obviously they're learning about customer experience, but what, what kind of things is it that that you do in, in that academy? So, so we've, uh, from, from our 20 years of working with those, ty- uh, you know, the best companies, we have found that there is a, a, you know, 10 key, we call them 10 commandments that world-class customer service companies all work on and have in common. And it doesn't matter if they're manufacturing B2B, B2C, um, 
you know, the best companies um, are, are, are methodical about, you know, these 10 things. And so, you know, the first one is having a customer service vision statement, a North Star. And that's different than a mission and a purpose. It's not better. It's not worse. And, and I love my mission and I love my purpose. But typically mission statements are, are who we want to be when we grow up. Like someday we want to be the number one, you know, most respect, whatever it may be. And that's great. But that's not an actionable thing. Um, it's not supposed to be. A purpose statement is we want to change the world for the better. You know, we want to, you know, whatever. And that's great. But that is an actionable. The service vision is, is, is we like to call it the action statement that everyone has to do uh, um, when they, you know, engage with someone else. And that could be the, the their customer. That could be a coworker. That could be the UPS man coming in with a, a, a package. And, and so that's the first one. The second commandment is world-class internal culture, um, making sure it's a, you know, the, 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 uh, the culture is, is, is the one that we have high morale and low turnover that, um, you get, you give a blueprint for your leaders to, to, to just manage people and, and, and make it a place where, you know, they, they feel that they've never worked for, a uh, a leader like you and, and a company like you, whether, it's a temporary transitional job uh, for, you know, 18 months or, you know, you're going to retire here for for 30 you know, after 30 years. Um, you know, companies have both. And, and, and then yeah, then it goes on. And then there's there's, the, you know, the, the, the non-negotiable standards and the, the journey mapping and and um, creating an above and beyond culture and with recognition and, 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 and kind of peer pressure of, of, hey, let me tell you what Tony did yesterday for a, a customer. And, you know, it inspires everyone else to try to do something like that and look for those opportunities to zero risk, uh, which is, um, are you a zero risk company to do business with? And, and zero risk doesn't mean you don't drop the ball. Um, hmm. You know, everyone drops the ball. The Ritz Carlton drops the ball. Uh, what zero hmm. risk means is one, you, 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 you have systems and processes in place that you probably drop the ball less than your competition, hmm. but just as important, you have service recovery that when you do drop the ball, a frontline 19 year old, you know, uh, frontline customer facing employee can pick it up and make it right almost to the point that you're more impressed with the company and the way they took care of it than if nothing went, went wrong. So that's what zero risk is, is that I just, I have this trust factor that, you know, you're probably going to get it right, but if you don't, you'll take care of it. Mm. And is it um, individuals applying to join that academy or is it companies sending their staff then? So it's, 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 comp- it's a little bit of both, but, but 90% are companies sending their current or future um, chief experience officer um, and then we have, uh, and then some uh, independents uh, do it to, 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 you know, strengthen theirs. What we are opening, um, so, so one of the things I was talking about that we, we pivoted uh, during this quarantine that we've always wanted to do, but we just never had time because we were so busy. Um, now we were able to do it for the last three months. We're launching um, a new brand in, in uh, January of 2021 called the CX Coaching. And that is where we're licensing our methodology 
to coaches so they can go out and coach, you know, uh, uh, smaller companies on this methodology. So that's what we're really excited that um, we've had so many people that have, you know, asked and wanted to come to work for us that we couldn't, you know, frankly hire. We weren't growing fast enough to hire, you know, 50, 60 people that, you know, have really, um, you know, became evangelists of our methodology and our books and all that. And, and now they can, they could, they could, they could be there a sole entrepreneur and, 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 you know, kind of own their market. And, 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 and now we can really scale it versus being a, a small boutique consulting firm. We were limited how many uh, clients we could take on at a time. So that's what I'm really excited that our mission, our purpose is to change the world by creating a customer service revolution and having, you know, um, several coaches, independent coaches out there. I think, you know, it, it's more realistic now. Do you, do you think it is it a certain type of personality that does well in in customer service, or can anyone be trained in it? Uh, you know, that's a great question. I, um, a lot of it uh, can be learned. I, 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 and, and the reason why, I, so I know this for a couple of reasons. One, you know, I have 150 employees that work for me in my three companies, and we've seen. Um, you know, I always say. I, I love to ask, and we might have talked about this on, on, on the uh, podcast number 14, but I love to ask when I have, you know, audience in a room, I say, if you're going to build a world-class customer service organization, what is more important? Now, I don't care what industry, right? It could be healthcare, it could be a hot dog stand, it could be a restaurant, it, whatever the industry, it doesn't matter. What is more important, the hiring of new employees or the training and culture you bring them in on? And I say, before you vote, you know, I'm going to say, I'm going to tell you the obvious answer is both, right? You have to have both without a doubt. It's like, if I'm going to say to you, Tony, you know, what's more important for me to be in the most optimal, um, wellness, fitness, you know, what's more important, my diet or my exercise? And, you know, Mm -hmm. obviously you you can't do, you know, achieve it without doing great in both areas. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but, but in in my my equation, I say, I'm going to force you to give me 51%, one extra percent in one of those. And and the majority, you know, uh, say, uh, be the, the culture and training. And I, I totally agree. And it doesn't mean hiring is so important, but do we think Disney's of the world really found 50,000 cast members born to serve? No, I mean, I don't think there's 500 people walking the planet born to serve. Um, and, 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 and so, so that one of the reasons why I know it's a learned behavior is because, you know, over the course of being, a, you know, a business owner for almost 30 years, you know, we've probably had a thousand employees and we've seen raw people come in and, and, and drink the Kool-Aid and also be doing things where like, you know, their, their parents will come and, and they say, I don't know what you did to my daughter, but she's not the same, you know, 21 year old that, 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 you know, was living at home six months ago. So that's always a compliment. But the second reason is myself. I mean, you know, when I was, you know, 19 or 22, you know, this wasn't common sense to me. I, I had, you know, my best experiences, you know, weren't, you know, nice luxury brands and flying first class and staying at five-star resorts. So I didn't know what world-class looked like. Uh, but once Mm -hmm. I, I got taught it, um, you know, it opened up a Pandora's box where I, I became intoxicated with it. And I loved seeing a reaction from a customer and a bounce in their step. And, you know, whenever you're a day maker, 
um, I say this all the time, you know, daymaker, you know, you could be that you pay the guy's toll behind you who doesn't even know you. You just, you know, it's $2. You, you give the, 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 what the, um, the teller $4 and say, you know, pay the, the toll behind me. Um, you mm-hmm. do something like that, um, where it can't come back to benefit you. Who feels the best at the end of the night? The day maker does, right? More so than even the person you made the day. So when you create an environment that exceeds expectations and gives employees the autonomy, they go home feeling really good about themselves. Mm. Would you say, I mean, I, I kind of get the impression from what you were saying just then that a lot of this, like what people are taught in the academy kind of goes hand in hand with emotional and intelligence. Oh, Totally. 100%. And again, I don't think, I think emotional intelligence is, is learned. I know that for myself. I'm embarrassed. Um, you know, the person I was in my twenties, I, you know, probably was a typical kid and, 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 and meaning I was self-absorbed, narcissistic. It was all about me. Um, mm. you know, in my new book, I talk about the five keys to relationship building. And, mm. and, and, and one of them is having insatiable curiosity. And, you know, I say to the point where, you know, you, you, you want to explore, um, you know, you know, you want to explore things that you're even unfamiliar with and, you know, you, you, you want to know why and how someone's, you know, got there. And, and I think back to, to my twenties, even probably even early thirties, this is an embarrassing example, but I remember my wife would tell me, Hey, you know, I made dinner plans Friday night with Susan, who she works with, and her husband, Bill. And I'd be like, no, good God. No, I'm not going out. I, I don't, I can't spend two hours with Bill. And, you know, quite frankly, there was nothing wrong with Bill. What was mm-hmm. wrong was Bill didn't like to talk about my topics, mm-hmm. right? I had like two topics I was obsessed with, you know, customer service and, and, and sports. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't, you know, you know, if you weren't an avid interest in talking to me about those two things, I wanted nothing to do with you. And, and, and that's, you know, I, I can't believe, you know, that's who I was. And so that's why I know emotional intelligence, all these things, mm-hmm. empathy, uh, you know, can be learned um, because, it, I, you know, I've, I've you know, got, come so far in all those areas, um, you know, so, so it's, it, it's a humbling experience, but I've seen people come so far in it. It's. I wonder. Well, I wonder. It's in the wrong sense. I really wish that um, the education system would actually teach emotional intelligence at, at school level. You ain't kidding. I mean, that's that's what my new book is about. I, I honestly believe there's no greater skill any of us, us, mm. our kids, um, employees, obviously, can work at than mm. that that will have a, a bigger impact. Um, on our personal and professional lives and the ability to build an instant rapport with others, right? Mm-hmm. Be it a stranger, acquaintance, friend, coworker, client, you know, whoever that may be. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and everyone would agree, you know, where you are today is a product of the relationships you have built and, mm-hmm. you know, the happiness. And that's going to be true in 10 years. It's going to be true on your deathbed, our deathbed. And mm-hmm. yet it's not taught in school. It's not taught mm-hmm. at home. I mean, you know, listen, we, 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 my generation loves to pick on the millennials. Well, number one, we're the generation that raised them. So, <laughs> exactly. you know, yeah. you know, and you know what we did? We handed them an iPad 
to keep them mm-hmm. occupied so we could, you know, do our thing, get through emails mm-hmm. or whatever. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, and no fault of their own, millennials mm-hmm. and Zs are, are relationship disadvantaged. So mm-hmm. it's not taught in school. It's not taught at home. And, and that's why, you know, a few of the businesses that are doing really, really well have, ha, have, have made it part of their orientation and ongoing mm-hmm. soft skill training because they know that, you know, people are starving to be known as, as, as someone with a name and, and someone that, you know, has, has dreams and, and fears and children and, you know, all those things. Mm-hmm. It seems to me that if you have a good understanding of emotional intelligence, you're, it's very unlikely you could be racist or narcissistic or, or homophobic and all the other isms and so on. I, I, I totally agree. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it, it, we have a superpower, and, and, and to my knowledge, we're the only species that has this superpower, and, and it's empathy. And, and really, um, you know, under, and empathy doesn't mean I necessarily agree with your opinion, but if mm. I really put myself in your shoes and it could be anything from the day you're having, I can mm. see why, you know, at first I thought you were overreacting because I was five minutes late. Right. And, mm. you know, you're, you're blowing a gasket and I'm thinking to myself, you know, dude, right. There, there's there's real problems in the world. And the fact that I'm running five minutes, but, but maybe if I take the time and, and, and peel back and ask some questions and I realize that, you know, you, you your schedule's tight today and mm-hmm. you know, you, 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 you left no margin of error in your schedule and you need to go from here, our meeting to your kids, you know, uh, dance recital and, you know, I'm throwing it off, you know, mm-hmm. doesn't mean I agree that you, you should book yourself that tight. But I can mm. see why you're flustered. But to mm. the same token is I could see by, by your upbringing or the culture you're from or, you know, whatever it means that you could have been, you, you could have thought like that or, or think mm. like that. Now, you know, I, I don't know where the, um, I, I often think about this, right, with all the, the news that racism and, and, and Black Lives Matter, what, I, what I'm curious is, so, so I do have empathy, I, I could see why certain people could be brainwashed, right, um, mm-hmm. by their upbringing or environment or whatever it is, mm-hmm. to maybe then have that thought pattern. But mm-hmm. what I don't have the answer for is when is it no longer uh, – you know, something you can blame on your parents or your environment. And when is it that, you know, you're old enough now to know the difference, you know, and I don't know the answer. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know the answer to, to that, um, with that. Cause, cause even I, I, I have, uh, six brothers or five brothers and sisters and they range from, you know, 15 years older than me. And, you know, my older brothers and sisters are different from my younger brothers and sisters in, in mm-hmm. a lot of the, this aspect. And I could see, you know, from, from the, the timing of things to even um, my dad left when I was six and, mm-hmm. um, and I never saw him again. But, but, but my you know, older siblings were, you know, 21, 19, 16 and mm-hmm. so they had a father for, you know, th- th- those years. 
And they have a, a different opinion or thought pattern than I do. Mm. And good, bad, or indifferent, I, I can see why, you know, because mm. of, of, you know, whatever, whatever my dad's opinions were. Mm. Um, changing the subject, I mean, I saw that, I know you've done, um, you've had mentoring and you, and you also mentor, mentor other people. I'm wondering what, um, there's a lot of people's, I get the impression don't realize the value of, of mentoring. What would you say for anyone listening who maybe doesn't have a mentor and doesn't realize the importance of a good mentor, what, what it could do for them? Uh, you know, I say, let's look at Tiger Woods. Let's look at, you know, Michael Phelps. Let's look at Michael Jordan. I mean, the greatest people, the goats, you know, uh, um, greatest of all times had coaches, had mentors that would hold them accountable, would be an outsider, you know, poking holes at, you know, you know, Tony is, you know, you know, that thought pattern, that might be an old paradigm that, you know, I'm, I'm noticing, you know, a, 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 a glitch in your swing. I'm noticing, you know, you're writing about the same things too often, you know, whatever mm. it is, just, mm. you know, holding that mirror to you, and mm. and not being you know someone who agrees with you all the time like like our our employees may like even our leaders may um, mm. you know I always say I, I I don't need someone that you know you know agrees with me that that moves left when I move left and nods when I nod my shadow does that you know mm. I need someone that's that's gonna call me out and call you know BS and and call mm. that you're being a hypocrite and and. Nine times out of 10, you're not going to get that from someone you pay. Um, mm. You know, you're just not. They, they might do it a little, and that's great, but mm. they, they, they won't have the comfortability uh, that, you know, someone you're hiring to do that is saying, Tony, I want you to push me. I want you to tell me when I'm, I'm in a rut. I want you to tell me when I'm not on brand, right, that, that, that you, you read a post uh, of, of, of something I posted on social media and you're saying, John, you know, that's, that's off brand like that, mm. that, you know, and, and I always say that, you know, if, if, if you feel that you're, you're off brand too often, um, you're not off brand, <laughs> you're on brand. You just don't know what your brand is. Right. Mm. Um, so, mm. I, I mean, it's crazy not to have a coach, a mentor, um, that at all levels that can really, um, um, you know, make us better. Uh, we all have so much room to, to, to improve. And, and, and listen, the, the one thing that Blackberry and Blockbuster and Circuit City and, you know, a ton of others all had, mm. they had two things in common. Everyone knows one of the things they have in common. Well, they're not around anymore. But what no one knows is the first thing they had in common was that they were all number one in their market. That mm. back when they were number one, if we were starting a business, we would, we would have killed to be the Blackberry. Like if you would have mm. told me, hey, John, someday your business will be the Black, I would have been, no way. So, so they were number one and they got fat, they got content and, and we're all one, you know, we're all, you know, kidding ourselves that, you know, that we're going to stay at this level with, without someone who's going to hold us accountable. How would you, what advice would you give for someone, anyone listening who, how to find a good mentor? What, what sort of questions should they be asking? What kind of 
attributes are now? What, what would you say? I, I like, you know, there's so much research that you could do now and it's, it's, it's reading, uh, um, uh, you know, articles and, and blogs and listening to podcasts and saying, God, everything this person she says resonates with me or, or pisses me off in a good way, right? Like, mm-hmm. damn it. I, you know, that really pissed me off because she was right. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I swear she was talking to me. And I just think that, you know, the internet and, 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 and content and, and, and podcasts and blogs, um, you can just, you know, feel that that person can match with you. And obviously the, the, the other place that's almost as good is, is talking to people and talking to people you, you, you admire and, and that you, you want to be, you know, like, like I want to be just like him or her that, you know, they're, they're a really good spouse, right? They're a really good parent, you know, whatever it is that, you know, you, you admire about them and ask them and, and, and chances are they're, they're, they're working with someone and say, would you recommend? Oh, absolutely. You know, he or she has changed my life and made me look at things and, and, you know, called me out on that. I say these things are what I, I value, but, mm. you know, now show me your calendar and your calendar doesn't lie. Um, mm. You know, I can say I value my kids, you know, quality time with my kids. But now look at my last six months of my calendar. And then you say, well, John, didn't you say your son wrestles or plays baseball? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't see any of their their games or matches. I, oh, I've been traveling a lot, Tony. This isn't a good time. Well, <laughs> then that that you know their quality time their activities is not a priority you could say mm. all all you want because it sounds nice mm. um so that's that's i think what a great coach mentor does mm. and and speaking of that when you were talking about quality time with kids um before we started recording we were you know i mentioned to you about how the the new podcast which this is going to be news for people listening because they they haven't heard this yet the new podcast as of next week is going to be about quality of life and having living a good quality of life now rather than what most people do they keep putting it off for when the kids leave home when when I get that promotion when you know whatever it might someday yeah exactly and so what and I know from reading your posts on your blogs and your social media posts I get the feeling this is something that you're quite passionate about yeah so I have a personal mission vision statement and it, it, it and it, it's on my mirror it's in my wallet it's it's even on at our corporate office and it's and it's to live an extraordinary life so countless others do and and, and that really means something to me it's not just a a phrase and, and a platitude um i don't want to live an extraordinary life so i have more cars and vacation houses and fancy whatever um mm. I want to live an extraordinary life. So all the people that, uh, are, are dependent on me and, and, you know, my kids, um, my employees, my clients, my neighbors, my friends, that they have a better chance. And, and, and so I take that very seriously. And, and so, you know, I look at that. We all have seeds of potential. Everyone has seeds of potential. And, you know, some of us, some people, you know, you know, take advantage and grow every seed of potential or 90% and some maybe only do 50%. And, you know, others could say, yeah, it's none of your business, you know, Uh, you know, but I disagree because if you're my brother, if you're my boss, if you're my, you know, anything, best friend, you're ripping me off. 
Um, you know, if I choose to eat crap food today and skip a workout and have one too many drinks and hang around negative people, that is your problem. Because if, if, if you're directly or indirectly related to me and, 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 and you're my business partner, you're my son, you're my spouse, well, you're going to, you know, get less of me and, and that, that, you know, you, you know, you're counting on me to, 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 you know, live the best version of my life. So it's a burden for me. And, and so, you know, not only do I say I have to live an extraordinary life, I spell out how I have to and, and, mm. and what things I have to do in my life. And I have a whole chart. And when I am not living an extraordinary life, and trust me, it's, it's a lot more often than I like to admit, um, I go to that chart and I can immediately see what is, what I'm not, you know, taking care of. And, mm. you know, it might be I'm not, you know, feeding my mind with inspiring, you know, podcasts and, and books and whatever. Or it might be that I'm not hanging out with the right people. Um, mm. It might be that, you know, I, I'm not working out. It, it, whatever it may be. But I have, you know, uh, you know a, a list of, of six things three personally and three professionally that I have to do to keep me closer to my 10, um, mm. than, you know, you know, than any, anything else I do. So it's, it, I, I, I look at it as an obligation, not as a choice or, or, uh, you know, it, it, it's something I have to do. And, and so let's go to what if Nelson Mandela, what if, you know, Walt Disney, what if Steve Jobs, what if, you know, whoever, you know, the greatest people, and I know Steve Jobs wasn't necessarily a great personal uh, person, but he was a great businessman. But, you know, what if those people said when they were younger, oh, screw it, right? Mm -hmm. I'm just going to be ordinary. You know, how different would our lives be? You know, and, and there's someone probably in our lives. Hopefully there's several. It might be our parents. It might have been a coach. It might have been a teacher, whoever, that an older brother that, that you know, was extraordinary for us. Well, what mm. if they would have taken the, the lazy path, the easiest path, and they wouldn't mm. have been the role model um, that they were? How different would our life have turned out? And we owe that to, to the people that are counting on us. Mm. Do you have any thoughts on why it is that so many people do put off their happiness into the future? You know, they think that in 10 years' time they're going to be happy. Um, do, you think why, do you have any thoughts on why people do that so much? Yeah, I mean, I, I was guilty of it in my 30s, uh, just trying to you, – you get mistaken on what's important um, or you think – you can come back to it. Like I'll always have my wife. I'll always have my kids. And if I, you know, just can build my empire or whatever it is, you know, that, that is taking, um, you know, that needs my time right now. Um, mm -hmm. Then when I get there, it goes back to that someday, you know, mm -hmm. when someday happens then I can, you know, have a date night with my wife, I can, you know, be at all my kids activities or whatever those things are. And, you know, typically you find out the hard way that, you know, I, since I, I'm, I'm 56 now and I was talking to kids yesterday, my interns, uh, they're, they're 23, but to me, they're kids. And I was saying that, you know, you change a lot. At least I did in, in, in what, what, what your priorities are when you're 23, 28, 35. And I said, mm -hmm. you know, 
two things I, I, I really enjoy about being older is, is one, how oh, it seems like since I turned around, you know, about the age of 40, which has been 16 years, I've changed mm-hmm. less. I realized what was important. And mm-hmm. 16 years later, it's the same thing. You know, I realize it's relationships. It's, I realize it's quality time, you know, and, and while, you know, money and a, a, a quality of life is, is nice. Um, those are just, you know, those, those are, you know, whatever, you know, table, whatever the, the, the word would be, but the relationships you have, um, you know, that, that's number one. And, 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 and then the second thing that I have found, and I don't know if this is for everyone, is I, I, as I've gotten older, I worry so much less. And, and I don't know if, if you could teach that. I, I, I see so many young, more so than when I was young, have high, such, such high anxiety. And I know that comes mm-hmm. from a lot of things. But, you know, I, I, I worried, uh, you know, more when I was younger. And I don't know if you can teach this. I don't worry about anything now. Um, because I know, and it's probably through, you know, living through 9-11, living through the Great Recession, living through COVID, living through, you know, tragedies and other things that um, no matter what comes, I'll figure it out. So I, yeah. I kind of have that experience and confidence that this calming confidence that ah, whatever you throw at me, I'm going to figure out. And I don't know if, you know, you can tell someone who hasn't had that, those life experiences and those uh, scars, um, if, uh, you know, that, that not to worry so much. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I know I enjoy life because I just don't worry. I don't lose sleep. Mm. You, you said that in, in your forties, I, I got, I think you were saying in the forties you, you changed. Was there, was there like a catalyst that made you see things differently? Yeah. Um, you know, crisis uh, um, you know, uh, uh decline in, in relationship, you know, with my wife, because, you know, I kept on thinking, and we probably both did thinking that we could, um, you know, we had forever and that that would mm-hmm. always be there. And, and, um, you know, my kids, you know, growing up, I've done a lot and I was a good, I still am a good parent, but you know, there's, there's things I, I, I missed or, you know, wasn't there, uh, not even, uh, physically, but maybe emotionally. Right. And, and so, you know, we losing those times. And then, and then my wife passed away, um, in, in a car accident, um, you know, in my early to mid forties. And, um, you know, you, you realize, you know, you don't have, forever you know you don't you you may not have you know 30 more years to to catch up and make it right or whatever that may may mean and you know we have to live a sense of urgency because there is no guarantees we have a passport um and we're just tourists and we don't know when that passport's going to expire and we have to make the most out of it every day Mm. Well, listen, time is, is flying again, John. Before we finish, um, you were talking to me before about you've got a, um, a conference coming up later this year with some major speakers. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, I'm really excited. We're having the customer service revolution. Um, this is our 12th or 13th year. Um, we've had it, and it's every October. And um, this is the first year that it's, 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 it's going to be a virtual for obvious reasons. But again, because it's virtual, we were able to take advantage and get a lineup. Um, we always have a really good lineup, but our lineup is just off the hook this year. So it's, it's every Thursday in October, and there's five Thursdays in October. That's why we picked it. So it's the first, eighth, uh, 
uh, 15th, 22nd, and 29th from uh, 3 p.m. to 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 90 minutes every Thursday. And we have like 25 speakers and, um, uh, you know, so five speakers every Thursday. And we have, you know, Seth Godin and Guy Kawasaki and Jesse Itzler and Ken Blanchard and uh, Mickey Williams and myself. And it's just, it's just, you know, uh, too many to, to rattle off right now, but it's, it's really, uh, um, an amazing event. And it, it, and, and the, the theme is reimagine revolutionize, right? So, so reimagine because we, we have to reimagine, um, the, the world we're navigating personally and professionally. So, um, and then we want to continue to revolutionize our industry, our business and not get sucked into the, 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 the hole. And if people want to find out more about that, where should they go to? Uh, the relationship, uh, I'm sorry, the, uh, the customer service revolution, um, the customer service revolution or the DeJulius group, um, dot com. Both will take you to the same place or they can email me at John at the DeJulius group.com and I'll put them in touch with the right person. And if, um, people just generally want to find out more about you, I suppose, where they go to the same places, same places, the DeJulius group.com. V T H E D I J U L I U S group G R O U P dot com. And if I believe um, you've got a, is there a book that you often recommend to people apart from you? I mean, you've done what is it? Five books? Five books? books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my favorite book right now, and it changed weeks to week, but um, I love everything that Howard Schultz writes. Um, mm-hmm. He's the um, uh, former uh, chairman, well, he's the chairman now, but uh, uh, um, CEO, president of, of Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And his latest book, it probably came out at the end of 18, beginning of 19, was From the Ground Up. And mm-hmm. um, I, I read it, and now I'm, I'm really ODing on it. I'm listening to the audio while mm-hmm. rereading it on Kindle at the exact same time. Like, I don't know what that means. I've never done this before. But I've, done I, that. I've yeah. never listened and read a book at the same time, but I want to make sure. And, and, and you know, Tony, to your point, um, it's a great story, but, but, but to kind of where you're headed, the reason why I love the book, I know Howard Schultz's story in his first two books and being a, a, a fan of his. I know the Starbucks story. I really didn't need a third book to read. What I like about this book is his how he had, tax uh social responsibility and you know and and how he feels that you know um it is every company's responsibility to step up and not be politically correct not keep their mouth shut because you know afraid that they're going to offend you know 40 percent by if they you know go against you know you know what he believes in he believes in and and mm. one of my favorite uh things that he did and I, I saw this in a video is he was they they, they were in support of gay marriages right and, and this is years mm. ago and mm. which his shareholders weren't too happy with his you know because again you're going to piss off a percentage and want to you know and, and so somebody asked him at a shareholder meeting you know mm. why don't you just keep your opinions to yourself um, you know, why do we have to go publicly and, and, and take a stance? And mm. I loved his comeback. He said, listen, um, uh, every decision we make is not an economic one. And mm. I truly believe that this is the right decision and a company like Starbucks needs to come out and support it. And he says, and in the past 12 months, 
we've Starbucks has produced a 38% return. And with all respect to you, if you feel that you can get a, a 38% return somewhere else, I invite you to take your money out and go, go buy a different stock. And I love that. Like he wasn't afraid to, you know, come out and stand. And so it just really gave me a lot of like, you know, soul searching of, you know, while I feel bad about a lot of things that's happening, that's not doing anything for anyone. You know, I'm like, oh, that's horrible. Oh, you know, that shouldn't be happening. Well, you know, me feeling bad is not getting anything improved. So it, it kind of gave me a, you know, kind of a shout out that as a, a CEO and a, as an influencer, I need to step up for what I think is right. Mm-hmm. Oh, and finally, before we, we go, John, have you got a quotation that you like? Yeah, it's something that I, I uh, that pops up on my phone every morning at 6 a.m. And um, it's how I want to start my day. It, it says, act as if today is the day you'll be remembered for how you treat others. And so that's, mm-hmm. that's the, I want to intentionally do that. Act as if today is the day you will be remembered for how you treat others. And who, who's that by? Uh, myself. Oh, okay. Just something I came up with, you know, just, you know, just want to have an intentional purpose for how I go about my day. Well, John, I so much appreciate the last um, 50 minutes. It's been, it's been fantastic once again. Thank you. Uh, Congratulations yeah. for making 100. That's a big milestone. And I can't wait to see the, uh, the, the, the new podcast. Yeah, well, I may well invite you on that again if you would be... Um, would yeah, love to, me. absolutely. Lovely. Well, John, I hope you have a, a fantastic um, yeah, summer and I look forward to speaking to you again sometime. Thanks, Tony. You too. Lovely. Thank you, John. So that was episode 100 with John DeJulius. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you know anyone who you think would really get some value from some of the um, wisdom bombs that he dropped, please do share the episode with them. And next week is episode one of my new podcast called Happy Versus Flourishing. And we examine about quality of life and people putting off happiness. A lot of people think they're going to be happy in the future when they get that new job, when they kids go off to university when their mortgage is paid off whatever the case might be but they don't actually enjoy themselves now and there's also a number of things about actually enjoying life now is it just stuck in front of a tv every night is that do well some people maybe they do get enjoyment from that but often that's not the case there's there's research that shows people who are stuck in front of the television a lot are actually quite depressed so we're going to examine a lot of a lot of areas around happiness or around flourishing we're going to discover what the difference is between happiness and flourishing with some of the guests that i have lined up over the next few weeks and months we're really going to drill down into that in different areas of quality of life and it will involve both from a business perspective and from a personal perspective so we'll look at how maybe by increasing your prices and working less that can give you a better quality of life but also by improving your health by doing things like breathing techniques and meditation and better sleep quality and nutrition and and many other areas as well and look at this overall how can we improve our quality of life so that we enjoy life more now and not putting it off until the future if you are subscribed to Exceeding Expectations, 
you don't need to do anything your subscription will stay the same and you'll just receive the new episodes just with new artwork and obviously a new name um, if you're not subscribed why not take the opportunity to do that now and if you do like the episode I'd love it if you could leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or any of the other podcast platforms so that's a new podcast happiness versus flourishing which starts next week hope you have a fantastic week